welcome all of you lovely, wonderful people listening tonight. I'm Steve with Uber Geek Media, and we are recording another special episode of In Absentia. Tonight, it's just me, the GM, shock, gasp, awe, and my good buddy, business partner, and co-host, Quill, or John, I suppose. And we've already mucked it up. Nope, I'm just I'm just trying to ruin your thunder, really. Yep. I'm Seasonal Bard, or John, but I play Quill, the Maxi Wizard, and I don't have a bit. That's that's the secret. That's the secret sauce of the secret episode is there's no bit. It fell into the sauce. It fell into the sauce. Got swallowed up by the sauce. That hot, sticky sauce. A Joker-esque origin story of the bit. Oh, like Michael Keaton Batman yeah. origin story. Yeah. Just that acme goo. Sticky, warm. Acme goo. Acme goo. I feel like Acme must have been a very prolific person for all that warm, sticky goo he put in that vat. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> had to put it somewhere. Keep it warm. I guess. I mean, had to save it for later. Yeah, I mean. What were they going to do with it? If not for uh, saving it. I <laughs> mean. Anyhow, <laughs> moving on from that horrifying thought. This is a Patreon episode. We can we can do whatever we want. Do whatever we want. People will pay us. Where do we Jurassic Park? Oh. Uh, Ten thousand a day. Ten thousand a day. <laughs> People will pay us. Pay us. I don't know if I can stack up with a dinosaur. I mean, I feel like I'm almost a dinosaur with how old I've been feeling lately. You seem, I don't know, you can't really see all the gray. Here's a bright one right there. Oh, Big patch back here. Yeah. Mine just get translucent. I think I'm going to go white like my grandpa. He was just like all white hair. Anyhow, again, moving on. (laughs) We're already way off track. You know, we're only couple minutes in yeah 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 we're we're fading off so anywho last episode how i I suppose i'll let you recap how last episode ended here is this a direct tie-in between last episode and this episode okay okay so the group had had a banger of an evening ziggurat heated up a pond probably killing every form of life in it which we didn't really talk about. And just tadpoles. We, just tadpoles. <laughs> Probably killed some mosquitoes too. So we, we balance it out. Good for the ecosystem, bad for the ecosystem. But yeah, we had a bath, curled up, everyone got cozy, and Quill did his watch. And then something tickled at the back of his noggin, out in the darkness saying his name. So he called out to them and was called back, and he's confused because it wasn't, a voice outside. It was in his head. And then he saw through Rava a pair of glittering eyes in the dark. It's Patreon. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> Anyways. So, yeah, last episode. Through Rava's eyes, you would just see these two eyes staring back. 
out through the darkness. Eyes as black as midnight, but spackled with twinkling stars. Quill. Quill. I, I, uh, I'll, I'll wake my friends. We, we don't want any trouble. We just want to make it to Mathenus. You don't have to worry, Quill. Um, well, you're a mysterious voice in my head coming to me in the middle of the night. You could understand some level of, uh, perturbedness by this? Quill, if I had wanted you dead, you would have never left Gilryon. Ariel? And out of the darkness steps this calm, eerily still little girl who you would probably recognize in Rava's eyes. With thick red braids and a smattering of freckles across her very still face. But though you would recognize Rose Thorn, her eyes have changed. And the voice you're hearing is Muriel. Hi there, Rose Thorn. Um. Did you do something with your hair? Rosethorn's just helping me out. Even though my freedom has drastically expanded, I am still constrained, and Rosethorn is just helping me walk around a little bit. That's that's very good. Speaking of which, I I was kind of pondering when when you would uh well help guide us in the direction of the next task you were looking for us to do. Well, have you been enjoying your new gifts, Quill? Uh, just just a moment. I, I'm going to internally process the realization that this is something other than what I thought it was. Okay. Okay. Uh, and the screaming inside my head is done. Okay. Uh, actually, yes. Yes, um, so, I kind of misinterpreted that dream I had then, didn't I? Some of it. This is, I kind of wish I had these powers earlier, but thank you. This is something new. Uh, honestly, if I were to compare, it feels more like how I see Zigrit acting. He just kind of draws the magic forward. There's not... I mean, I'm sure there's some knowledge up there rattling around in his head, but it seems to come more naturally to him. And this this feels like that. And I can't say I don't like it. Zikarit's power comes from within, and you did let me in. Whether you knew it or not. And you flash back to her letting you taste some of the jam. Uh, I mean, when we were in Gulrion, I had considered... Well, I've been considering many things since I left the desert. But of those things, I had considered pledging myself. I mean, we are lost children. Much like Rose Thorn and the others. 
I thought if I had pledged myself, maybe that was the answer to my problem. You take care of them, and I kind of assumed that if I had done so, you would have taken care of me, but this doesn't seem like that. I, I, I had thought of it more like how Benjamin acted towards Paylor. I think this suits me better. If you help me, I have no problems helping you. And you've already helped me. Oh. I would like to help you more. You're... I mean, I, I can't even begin to speak to what it must be like to be trapped in that place for so long. But if you have sight, you've seen where I come from and where I've been. And the years that led up to the point where I crossed the mountain and entered Fort Hightower. I don't feel that you deserve being trapped there any more than I deserve to be trapped in my house like a wounded dog. See Muriel through Rose Thorne's face become a little more serious. Had I not been trapped, you would have been with me one way or the other. You've been forgotten. This is just an extension of my domain. This is, if anything, just formalizing what would have been a natural connection. It's, it's nice. And these are the secret story. They're like my family. I mean, it's hard to, it's hard to explain. They're, I mean, they're not, they're not sage. They're not. My mother, father, they're not even Old Claw, but I don't want to lose them either. While I can't promise that, I can only say that the power that I give you will only help you all succeed. Thank you. So, I guess, you here seems fortuitous. Don't know if you've been peeking in, but Sigrid has had a bit of a revelation in his own right. I think it's a method to guide our path. I don't know how you feel about Bahamut. I don't much understand the Dragonborn or their gods. But you have guided us well so far. Kind of tantalized us with the prospect of more. More. You see Muriel walk over to Zigrith's sleeping form, runs a finger along his cheek, and where her finger traces, you see this trail of bright white light mingled with just this darkest shadow. She goes, Yes, unfortunately, much as I was locked in to my jail, Bahamut is locked out of this plane, more or less. I'm not sure how Zigrid feels about it. That's kind of up to him. He seems pretty determined one way or another to at least pursue this path. As for me, I still feel like I'm wandering, but I wouldn't mind, I wouldn't mind sinking my teeth in a little bit more. Probably not the best parlance, especially considering the jam, but if you have any need, we are heading kind of towards where more stuff is, I think. Mathenus, Bridgeton, 
don't know if any of those locations spark your fancy. Uh, those the objects you are looking for. Your path and Zigrits, currently at least, are in the same direction. And she taps you on the shoulder. And in your mind's eye, you can see this shining beam of light coming from you and Zigrit following the same direction. Currently, you see a faint string, almost, coming from Story. But it still goes in the same direction. That's good. Much of a pain in the ass this little bird has been. I'd hate to see her wander away so soon. Not yet. Anything else on your mind? Well, I suppose we should go through terms, as it were. But I'll let Rose Thorn discuss that with you. Oh. I always liked uh, a bargain, and this seems to be quite in my favor for the time being. Unless you need me to, uh, you know, do something truly horrid. Can't see why I wouldn't be amenable. Well, Quill, she slowly backs up. She goes, you know, what's horrible is largely in the eye of the beholder. True. <laughs> I was actually told today that I'm the boot. I don't know how I feel about it. Especially considering, well, the other terms that would be used back home, suffice to say, would refer to me as unlucky. Especially for the things that have happened in these past few weeks. But, uh, can't let that take hold too much. And shake it off, step on some bugs, I guess. Muriel leans forward for a moment and she goes... Will be the boot. She closes her eyes for a moment, opens them again, and the starlight and blackness have gone out of them. And looking through Rose Thorne's eyes once again, these oddly old in this child's face, but distinctly human eyes. Want to sit down, get warm? That would be lovely. I think we have a bit of, you know, leftover ration reconstituted for dinner. Rose Thorne smiles a little bit and she goes, have you eaten? It was kind of, I mean, Zigrid's a good chap, but uh, tabaxi, well, more carnivore than not. And he seems to find a lot more nuts and berries. I've got a full tummy for the time being. She motions for you to sit down next to her near the fire. Good. This is best not done on an empty stomach. Quail goes over, sits down, and curls his tail around his legs. Rava turns and looks at her. You see Rose Thorn close her eyes and breathe for a moment. She reaches out to the fire and warms her hand, and then reaches behind her into her shadow. And when her hand comes back out, it seems to be made of shadow. Rava would see her reach out towards Quill's face, and then 
you'd have this sensation of falling and disorientation, much, much like when Quill's perspective jumps into Rava. And Quill finds himself in what seems to be a large chamber of some sort of temple. Takes a stock of the room. As you look around, you'll notice that in the shadows are hundreds of people. And it seems to be some sort of ceremony. There's steps in sandstone leading up to some sort of ceremonial table. On either side of it look to be sconces, but instead of flame burning, there's almost these churning balls of darkness that seem to be drawing in light from the surrounding area. Some unseen trigger or prompt must be happening because the people begin to stop and you can hear them chanting quietly at first. Thrum, 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 thrum. And the doors behind you that you didn't see before open. And a old wizened woman and a little girl with long red hair in white robes steps into the room and begins walking up towards you at first, seemingly not noticing you, and then up the stairs. And you hear Rosethorn's voice next to you. I was so young then. So, you're a priestess then? Of a sorts. Long ago, there were many that followed Muriel. All of us forgotten in some way. Those who had no hope or nowhere to go came to Muriel, and she took care of us, and we took care of her. As you can imagine, in a world as big as Turst, people get forgotten all the time. I can. can definitely feel that. With that in mind, then, how, how are you here? You're not the only one who let Muriel in. She turns towards the steps, and you see this older stately woman begin marching up with apparently a younger much cleaner rosethorn up these steps and stands she claps and the sound echoes through the chamber and all the voices abruptly cease she states tonight we accept another into our ranks another who's been forgotten another who needs help Another who's been obscured in shadow. She turns to the two sconces and to the ceremonial table. She motions for Rosethorn to lay down on the table. Muriel, will you accept this child? And out of the darkest of shadows, a much calmer but less sad Muriel steps. She looks down at the table in a strange language that Quill recognizes that he does not understand, yet somehow he can find the meaning to. She says, I accept you, Rosethorn. And the priestess reaches a hand out and puts it on Rosethorn's face. The shadow from the sconces reaches out to the priestess and then down through her hand and into Rosethorn, much like... Rosethorn reaching out to your face. And then you 
have this feeling of disorientation again. And you're back in your body, sitting with Rose Thorn slowly pulling her hand back. She looks at you and says, Do you accept the gift that Muriel is giving you? Quail sits for a, a decent chunk of time, wraps across his eyes out there, and then he, he takes them off. He's scarred eyelids and not through Rava with his own face looks in Rose Thorn's direction. Yes, yes, with this power and with her help, I can help those that I never thought I could in a way that is so much better than what I was doing before. Realize this is not temporary. As you probably can figure out, I've been Muriel's priestess for untold years, and while our agreement is different, you are now in service to her. I imagine that, that I'll see so much pain, so much can't imagine what you've seen, but in, honestly, less than a month, I've seen the fall of a city, the destruction of another to ash. How, how can someone who looks so young have a will so strong? Because someone, someone has to remember even when things are forgotten, some things have to be remembered. Well, in that regard, then, you are no longer alone. I will remember. I will take what this little one sees for me, and I will carry it for as long as Muriel and you and those who are lost and forgotten need me to. Until, until this world is a cinder or those that plague it are gone. Rosethorn looks down for a moment. So be it. And then from every direction around you, you begin to hear this steady beat and thrum, 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 thrum. Rosethorn again reaches down behind her in this otherworldly voice, this long dead language. She says, Muriel, do you accept Quill Tabaxi of the Moon Pools? And out of the shadows, you see two long tendrils of shadow that wrap around you. And again, you feel yourself falling into seemingly eternity. And then you're surrounded by the most vast emptiness that Quill has ever experienced. And you see these streams of stars and energy, and you know that somehow you've been transported into a place that connects the planes, and you feel this sense of power here, and it's filling you, and then again this falling, disorienting sensation, and you're back in your body. I imagine Quill is probably standing now, not sure how he got up from that sitting position, just standing and feel the heat of the fire right next to him. Kind of ears twitch. And not to really anyone in particular. Smiles and 
starts crying. I'll try my best. I'm trying. I'll try my best. You could hear Rose Thorn stand. You feel her arm around probably the lower bit of your back. She reaches up for a moment and pulls you down. She goes, don't forget. I don't think I can. And that's why Muriel picked you. And as if all, like, all the strength just rushed out of him. Even, like, the exhaustion from running out of haste is probably so much less than he feels now. Just collapses backwards onto his haunches. Thank you. So, where now? Wherever your feet take you, you'll know. But for now, sleep. I am tired. I'm like a small kitten. Quill just curls up next to the fire. Rava, just before he winks out, you hear that soft little of his snapping fingers. And Rava fades back into the little demi-plane where she comes from. And then as Rava's vision fades, as she goes back to the demi-plane, the last thing she sees is Rose Thorn sitting by the fire and the shadow of Muriel, those two midnight black eyes studded with stars standing silhouetted behind her. And that's where we'll close the episode. <laughs> yeah, that's good. Liked it. Good. So let's close. And then if you want, we can unpack that a little bit. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a heavy. <laughs> that was a heavy episode. Definitely. But so was so was uh, Mark's, too. So thank you to all of those wonderful uber geeks out there who joined us for tonight's episode i'm steve i was the gm this episode also with me was john hey everybody i was john i'm made of star stuff now (laughs) (laughs) and we collectively our uber geek media if you liked what you heard tonight i really hope that if you're watching or listening to this you're one of our subscribers if you're not and somehow you managed to get your hands on this please find and subscribe to in absentia on either your podcast app of choice you can go to patreon and find us there and become a patron You can go to ubergeekmedia.com and give us a little bit of love there by clicking the donate button. And hopefully all of these episodes will also be subscription videos and everything on Patreon. So we would really love any love and attention you can give, any positive reviews. Really want to thank you again for coming out and listening to us tonight. Have a great day or night.